Yeah, you're listening to Culture Shift here on WDET. Recently, the New York Times sent four reporters and four photographers to document how and what Americans are feeling, thinking, and celebrating as we head into a contentious election year. One of the journalists was Liana Agajanian, a Detroit-based writer whose assignment took her from a Bosnian cafe in Hamtramck to the shores of the Atlantic in New Hampshire, all in search of what tradition means in our nation today. And I got to speak with her about what she discovered on the road. One of the New York Times editors who was working on the project reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be involved. So that rarely happens in reporting and journalism with the editor reaching out like that to you based on your the previous work you've done, but um, it was a great connection. We've mentioned this project a little bit, but we haven't talked about exactly what it is. It's a huge multimedia New York Times road trip where four different photographers and four different journalists went on multi-state trips to explore what these different topics mean to America now. Patriotism, community, youth, and you were assigned the topic of tradition. Yes. So when you when you heard that you had to be looking at, you know, what what is tradition in America in 2019, where did you want to start with that? Yeah, so um, we were given some parameters uh, in the realms of religion, food, culture, community. And um, what we ended up doing was we worked with the editors to come up with anchors for each state where we would uh, make appointments for interviews with people. uh, And then everything else just kind of happened spontaneously along the way as they do with road trips. And so we made sure that we were covering certain things that – were solidified in place and people knew we were coming and then a lot of the other stuff just kind of happened on the road and we got really lucky we met a lot of great people and for the most part had a really good reception from everybody we met. So the thing about a road trip which I love that the New York Times you know let you do when you're investigating what tradition means now is to start in your own backyard. And you started in Hamtramck, that is also such a a richly diverse community. And you started out talking to the folks who own a tiny restaurant called the Balkan House. And what's their story? I've been living on the border of Detroit and Hamtramck for the last three years. And so it was really important for me to focus on the community that I live in now. And uh, Balkan House just happens to be one of the latest iterations of what makes Hamtramck so special. And um, so the family that runs it, they've been in Hamtramck for a long time, I believe since the 90s. But they initially escaped the Bosnian genocide, ended up in Germany, and then eventually ended up in Michigan after that. And through their refugee and immigration journey, picked up certain culinary uh, specialties and added some of their own from home uh, along the way. And when the time came, they decided to open this restaurant up in Hamtramck where they serve amazing donor kebab and coffee and um, a lot of desserts and different things. And uh, it's become really a popular place. It's always full when I go, and uh, people really love the food there, and it looks like they're opening a second location now. But um, it's really the kind of heart and soul of the people there is what makes the restaurant so special and I think what makes Hamtramck so so special as well. Everyone is from somewhere else. Everybody has roots from somewhere else. And um, 
that's really reflected in in the kind of restaurant that they run and the kind of reception they have towards everybody that comes to their restaurant. It's a very welcoming place. Yes. Yeah. So your your road trip ended up taking you from Hamtramck through Detroit over to Toledo and into Cleveland, where you ended up meeting Stephen Innermill and Jillian Slane, who are the founders of the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft and Magic in uh, in Cleveland, just outside the city, I believe, in the suburbs. When you started talking to them, what about their story falls under the idea of tradition here in America? The Buckland Museum was one of those spontaneous places we ended up going on the road trip. Uh, and I think when we started thinking about the kinds of things we wanted to cover, religion, culture, community, we wanted to make sure that we cast a very wide net and had a very wide representation of what exactly that means. And um at the Buckland Museum, I think when we visited, one of the things that really struck me was that they told me that at the heart of it, their museum was a First Amendment museum. That was a really good point they made because it was about, you know, the way traditions develop in America is with a core tenet of ours being freedom of expression and and, and things like that. And so it was um, it kind of fell in nicely to the rest of the road trip that we did. We also visited Salem, Massachusetts, which was uh, which is obviously a place in American history known for the witch trials. And um, there was a lot of that tradition going on there. And I think it was just important for us to make sure that we cover as much uh, as we could in a very matter of fact way, uh, because I think uh, often the idea of tradition or the idea of it being in the Rust Belt is interpreted in a very uh, narrow perspective sometimes. And it was really important for us to make sure we accurately represented the people and places that we were visiting. So from Cleveland and from the Museum of Witchcraft, you ended up on the road to Twinsburg, Ohio. So what next on this road trip to New Hampshire was particularly memorable for you? A lot of things. So Pennsylvania was a really big state. It took us maybe, I think, four days, uh, longer than any other place we stayed at. We were in Pennsylvania just because it took that long to drive through as well. We visited the Amish community, and we also, one of the most memorable parts of that area was getting a chance to try Pennsylvania Dutch cooking. That was really exciting. Um, We stopped in a town called York, Pennsylvania, which had a very interesting story about a man named William Goodridge, who was an ex-slave and orchestrated through this company he owned, like a Car, rail car company he owned to transport other slaves to freedom. And the museum in which represents all of this is the ha- former house he used to live in. And if you go in, in one of the rooms, there's a area that's covered in plexiglass, which through which you can see the basement where he used to hide slaves. And so that was really emotional and touching that uh, we were basically standing in a place that held so much history and so much painful history for this country, that really struck a chord with us. Uh, And that's kind of how we left Pennsylvania. It was an interesting note to leave on. Also in Pennsylvania, you ended up in Mifflin County at the uh, yes. at the Mifflin County Youth Fair in this last in the, in the summer. And Mifflin County, as you write, is ninety seven percent white and majority Republican, is basically the heart of Trump country in Pennsylvania. But you ran into some folks who had changed their party af- uh, affiliation over the last couple of years. 
Yes, another one of those spontaneous uh, places we happened upon. Uh, so, yeah, the county has held a fair for the last, I believe, 40 years. And um, we walked in not expecting to talk to necessarily anyone about politics, but in the middle of this really interesting fair where people were judging pies and, and agriculture that they had grown were two tents that were set up on separate sides of the room. One was Democrat, one was Republican. And uh, we spoke to both. But on the Democrat side of things, they really emphasized how much of a minority they were in the county and how that it feels just impossible to talk to the other side. We met a woman who had been a Republican for a very long time and had switched parties because she said she just, you know, couldn't couldn't take it anymore. It was very interesting. We talked to them first and then we ended up talking to the Republican side and they kind of said the same things in the sense that, you know, they're not meeting us in the middle. We can't talk to each other. And and I, I don't mean that as just a, in terms of local communication, but I think they were referring to the, just the country as a whole and where the politics are. And it was interesting to hear them reflect on parallel things. Uh, and at the end of one of uh, my interviews with uh, the Republican table, uh, one of the men said, oh, journalists, um, I didn't expect you guys to be just regular working class people. So it was really nice to have this conversation with you. And that kind of took me aback. Uh, and it reminded me of the fact that perhaps because of the gutting of, you know, local newspapers across the country, most people don't even have face to face communication with journalists or understand what role they play in democracy or in in politics and things like that. So it was just really interesting conversations. Yeah, not to mention the way the, the profession has been painted exactly by some people over the last few years. So as you look back upon this this road trip from Hamtramck to New Hampshire, how do you feel about, I guess, the uh, the, the ties that hold this country together going into the next election? That's a great question. Yeah, so before I, I started this trip, I had never been to, except for Michigan, I had never been to any of the states that we ended up going to. And so it was a very new experience for me as somebody who came to this country as a refugee myself to kind of discover a part of America that I really didn't know too, too intimately. And I think the takeaway from that experience would be that there's a lot of uncertainty in America. That was a running theme. A lot of people feel very unheard, and at times it felt like we were kind of the sounding board for them. I don't know how often anyone has had asked them, how do you feel? What do you feel about America and what the country's going through? And so we ended up playing therapist a little bit, where a lot of people had a lot of grievances that they were just kind of spilling out to us. But I think that from what we saw, the idea of America being a place where you can create your own tradition, no matter what that might be, endures. And I think we hopefully showed that with all of the different places that we covered and all the different place people we met. Uh, but yeah, going into the next election, a lot of worry, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. We visited Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and there was a great sign talking about, you know, American history. And it the title of the sign was Panic and Dread, and it was really funny to read that given the kind of atmosphere we're in today in the U.S., but despite all of that, people still seem to have some kind of hope and uh, will to kind of go on, and so 
I'm not sure what's going to happen, and a lot of people weren't sure either, but um, I don't think traditions in America will go away in that sense, and they'll continue to be created in, in whatever way, whatever community comes here. This is 